Now, under a 150-year-old law, those deemed to be of unsound mind receive the protection of the state, but they also lose many of the rights that we would consider fundamental. This is one of the things that's going to be changed by legislation which is coming into effect in April. The Mental Health Commission has been welcoming the announcement in recent days by the Minister for Children, Equality, Disability, Integration and Youth, Roderick Gorman, and uh, uh, that the full full operational um, uh, I should say, operational, uh, I should say, uh, Decision Support Service Act will then take place when people can interact with the new service for the very first time. This is under legislation being brought forward to try and change something, as I said, that's been in place for over 150 years. And with me on the line to talk about this in more details and hope she, she'll be able to pronounce things a little bit better than me is a Decision Support Director, Anya Flynn, with the Mental Health Commission. Anya, good morning to you and thanks for joining us in the programme. Good morning, thank you. Now this is assisted decision-making legislation effectively and this, this targets, I suppose, people or provides services for people who are you know, intellectually disabled or mental health problems and other issues like that who before yeah. may have been had their rights ceded because they were deemed, look, you can't operate for yourself effectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the, the act in question is the Assisted Decision-Making Capacity Act which was signed into law at the end of 2015 and as you say hasn't been fully commenced and that's now to happen on the 26th of April so just under eight weeks away uh, the act will finally fully come to life and we in the Decision Support Service will become operational. Um, as you say it abolishes the existing wards of court system which has been in place uh, under an act called the Lunacy Regulation Ireland Act of 1870 so when we commence there will be no new applications for anyone to be brought into wardship and all current wards of court will have their cases reviewed and they'll be coming out of wardship within three years at the latest. Um, Thinking about who the Act is for, as you say um, we have done some research around that and the high level number could be 200,000 adults in the state and you'd be thinking there about... As many as that, um, that's from pretty raw data as such that we were able to access. Um, And you'd be thinking there about adults because this act applies only to those over 18 who have um, something that perhaps impacts on their ability to exercise their right to make decisions. So perhaps people with an intellectual disability, acquired brain injury, forms of mental illness or dementia. I should say, and I find myself saying this quite often, that that doesn't mean that any one of those uh, people finds that they have to fit themselves into this new framework. It will depend very much on them, their personal circumstances and the decisions that they need to make. Um, I think it's important to say as well, actually, that it's an act for all of us because none of us knows at what point in the future we could have difficulties uh, exercising our right to make decisions independently. So there are two important tools for advanced planning with a new form of enduring power of attorney and an advanced healthcare directive in relation to medical treatment decisions. Yeah, on, on, this is all about, I suppose, and, and the guiding principles emphasise dignity, autonomy, bodily integrity mm-hmm. and the centrality of a person's will and preferences as opposed to someone else deciding what's in their best interests. Is that right? Correct, yeah. Uh, and those are principles very much informed by the United Nations Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities. That's an important international instrument that Ireland ratified. Uh, it'll be five years ago next week, in mm-hmm. fact. Uh, and will and preferences would be considered core uh, to 
that convention. It's something which the Committee for Persons with Disabilities have emphasised a lot. So the starting point is not, well, what do I objectively think is good for you in your best interests, which would be the familiar standard and can seem quite paternalistic, um, but rather what do you want? How best do we give effect to your will and preferences? So that's the starting point rather than the best interests. What does decision, this new system do? You mentioned during power of attorney there. Mm-hmm. Is, is that where somebody decides, look, I'm going to give a, a loved one or my carer mm-hmm. the power to legally act on my behalf? That they'll, Will they be consulted about that? Will they make that decision? And how, like, what I'm asking, how does it impact on the rights of, let's say, family members or carers mm-hmm. of whom these people may be dependents of? Yeah. Um, so thinking first of all then about the enduring power of attorney. So that's the way of planning. That's a way of planning ahead, which any adult should consider doing. Uh, people can be quite preoccupied with making their will. Your will matters when you're, you know, past the cares of this world. An enduring power of attorney allows you, while you have your decision-making capacity about you, to provide for a time when you mightn't. Uh, so to think ahead and name a person whom you know and trust, somebody in your life who's going to be able to step into a decision-making role. If if you're unable to make decisions for yourself. So it only becomes operative if you don't have your decision-making capacity in relation to those decisions that you've covered. And the Advanced Healthcare Directive then is a way of doing that that relates to um, treatment decisions. Advanced Healthcare Directives exist already, but the Act puts them in a statutory basis. And people might know that enduring powers of attorney exist already. They have since an Act of 1996. Uh, and if you don't need to... Uh, do it again. Uh, but if you make one under the 2015 Act, what is new is that the attorney will be uh, reporting to the DSS that we can make sure that everything is working well. So, so you make sure, in other words, that somebody mm-hmm. isn't being a, like, coerced or having their rights yeah. overridden by, yeah. by a family member. But where, I guess my question is finally, where do you draw the line on that front that a family member may have cared for for years? The, 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 mm-hmm. How do you judge is the person, let's say someone with a mental health difficulty now, who may not be making the best decisions for themselves because of their mental health problems. Yeah, well, um, let's just, uh, if, if I might mention briefly that there is also that other framework of supports. So, uh, as we've said, wardship is being replaced. Wardship is really a blunt instrument. Yeah. So, for leaving aside advanced planning, the other tools for support are the decision-making assistance, the co-decision maker, and, and there is still a route to court where somebody requires the highest level of support, a decision-making representative. Um, but uh, as I come back to the point, people shouldn't assume that because somebody has a particular presentation that they suddenly need to fit themselves into the this framework. Uh, and just something about the, the families there and their concerns and we do speak quite a bit to families who are wondering what this will mean for them. I would say the starting point is well, think about not the person you know, as a kind of basket of, of difficulties I suppose and people who care for a loved one um, who might have decision making um, difficulties Problems, yeah. have, a, have a lot to contend with already that's absolutely accepted. Carers do a difficult job uh, and we don't want to be adding to the problems but rather think of this as a, a support mechanism to make that a bit more straightforward. So I would always say start thinking about the decisions that you need to take that get taken currently that involve an interaction with perhaps a service, a professional, another third party and how are those decisions to be managed post this Act. I think people might well find that what the Act offers is a very valuable level of support because people may not be aware of this as widely as they should. Next of kin and the idea that 
you know, the, the close family member gets to decide uh, is not correct and never has been correct. Uh, so the Act isn't taking anything away in that regard, but rather is providing an opportunity for people to step into a formal and recognised role where that's required and it may not be required. Okay, all right, Anya, we're going to leave it there. We'll probably do more about this around Thanks the time so that much. it does come through. That, Happy that, to. People can find out more in decisionsupportservice.ie. There's a wealth of information there. Spot on. Anya, thanks a million for that. That is the, the new legislation which is finally being enacted, coming into force in April. So you need to know about it if you have a loved one or if you're in a situation yourself uh, of those challenges. Um, that's Decision to Support Service Director Anya Flynn.